Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading lower this morning, taking their cue from Wall Street, where U.S. shares fell for the fourth straight session. Seoul is leading the way lower. The Kospi is down 0.7%. Sydney is off half a percent. And Tokyo is in the red as well. Here in Singapore, analysts and investors are looking forward to a new phase, phase three of Singapore's reopening. For more about that and all the market action, joining me now is Vasu Menon. He's Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCB. BC Bank. Good morning, Vasu. Good morning, Michelle. Good to have you here. From the 28th of December, in just 14 days, Vasu, Singapore's malls and stores are going to be allowed to welcome more consumers and larger groups can dine out together. Even pilots of live performances will be permitted. And yet Singapore is preparing to enter a new, more lenient phase of social distancing restrictions. On top of that, the first doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine are expected to arrive here before the end of the year. So Vasu, tell us your perspective what do you think all this means, uh, this opening up? What does this mean for markets? Well, uh, in my view, Michelle, this is great news. It is not the big bang that uh, maybe markets had expected. Mm-hmm. But as the Prime Minister said, it is a calibrated, careful move. And I think that's the right thing to do. The government is actually uh, easing restrictions in a very controlled fashion. And I think that is uh, the way to go. I mean, Singapore is being held out as a model. Uh, the World Economic Forum is, you know, planning to hold its uh, event here next year, right. uh, testimony to, you know, how Singapore is managing COVID. So, yes, this is not the big bang. Night spots are still closed. Uh, you know, yes, you have bigger groups. Uh, businesses will pick up. Uh, but we're also telling uh, everyone to be on guard. Mm. So you're not going to see businesses come back in a roaring fashion, but it is a good first step. And the markets, I think, will take this uh, in a positive way. It's welcome news and investors will be quite happy and heartened to to welcome phase three. Indeed. Let's drill down a little bit about investor response. In your view, Vasu, are there any sectors that could benefit more than others? For example, I've read some analysts that are particularly keen on sectors that have been depressed last year, like construction counters or F&B stocks. Uh, what do you think? Well, you know, typically if you look at how the markets have done uh, over the last uh, eight to nine months, Michelle, globally it is the technology stocks that have taken the uh, the lead. Uh, they have done exceptionally well because COVID-19 has, you know, pushed technology to the forefront. We've all had to work from home, uh, you know, basically do video conferencing, uh, send out more emails, uh, you know, VPNs and so on and so forth. But as the recovery now starts to gain traction, as phase three kicks in, as the vaccines now, uh, you know, come into play, I think the money is starting to move away from the technology sector, what we call the growth and momentum sector, towards what we call the cyclical sector. And Singapore has got a very large representation of cyclical value stocks on the stock market. Mm -hmm. So even companies that are involved in the hospitality sector, for example, that have underperformed, I mean, those sectors uh, could now start looking better. Uh, property sector, that could also start looking better. Uh, construction, maybe to some extent. Uh, yeah, so I think typically if you look across the economy, uh, sectors that have been depressed uh, by the economic slump, and now with the economic recovery, some of these sectors uh, will see better business. Like I said, the business is not going to come back in a roaring fashion, but the prospects of better business coupled with the abundance of liquidity on the sidelines mm-hmm. will mean that money will start moving into some of these cyclical value stocks. 
Particularly, do you think cyclical stocks with exposure to domestic demand? Cyclical stocks with exposure to domestic demand, because you know, right now our borders are still relatively close. Uh, we're, we're opening it gradually. Uh, you know, you, you do have some tourists coming in through special arrangements, but you know, domestic demand is picking up. More people are going out. Uh, restaurants will see more dining. Uh, the hospitality sector will benefit because of staycations, for example. Uh, you know, and all that will result in greater domestic demand. And, you know, some of the companies that are involved in the domestic sectors uh, will, will benefit. Mm. But I think in the longer term, in the longer term, mm-hmm. as the world gets vaccinated and, you know, borders start opening, uh, some of these companies with regional exposure, uh, global exposure will also benefit. So I think investors shouldn't just focus on what's going to happen domestically. Mm-hmm. I think you have to take a view of the next six, 12 months. And I think we have better times ahead. Vasu Menon is Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank, joining us with his views this morning. Vasu, in his speech yesterday, PM Lee Sien Long said that COVID-19 vaccinations will be voluntary, but that all Singaporeans and long-term residents should be able to receive a free vaccine if they choose by the third quarter of next year. Vasu, what do you think the market will make of this time frame? I think it's a good time frame. It's a realistic time frame. I mean, uh, you know, distribution, getting vaccines to everyone, it's not going to be easy thing. Uh, you know, the, the, the companies that are producing the, these vaccines need time to, you know, scale up their production. So I think Q3 is a realistic time frame. It's nine months from where we are right now. And uh, by then, a vaccine is going to be available to most Singapore, almost all Singaporeans, right? And, uh, and I think if many of them decide to go for the vaccine, that reduces the risk of COVID-19. And uh, that will provide comfort for the market. So I see uh, the announcement of Q3 as positive. And uh, I think as you know, it starts seeping into the markets, it should augur well for the uh, local stock market. Okay, all our analysts have been weighing in on this next question. I'm curious what you think. The STI rallied 1.3% yesterday to close at 28.58. Now, those gains came before the PM's announcement that Singapore will loosen social distancing restrictions come 28th December. So, Vasu, what is your take on Singapore blue chips going forward? And do you think the STI may climb back above 3,000 before the year's end? Before the year end, uh, it's it's, a... It's very difficult to forecast, you know, because there's so many uh, moving parts uh, globally. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to forecast. But uh, I would say that, you know, we are definitely positive on the outlook for the next 12 months. Uh, We are very sanguine. We think that, you know, uh, the discovery of vaccines, uh, you know, the availability of vaccines coupled with uh, central banks being very accommodative with monetary policy. You'll have the Fed meeting taking place this week and the Fed will probably reiterate its uh, accommodative stance. Very low interest rates, the abundance of liquidity on the sidelines, earning virtually nothing because of low interest rates, coupled with, you know, U.S. elections now out of the way. Uh, you put all that together, uh, mm. it's, it's basically, you know, a cocktail for uh, further gains in the stock market. It will not be a straight line. Mm-hmm. Get ready for a bumpy ride. But I think in the next 12 months, uh, investors should be able to enjoy some decent gains. All right. Let's shift to the U.S. now, where the Electoral College has confirmed Joe Biden's victory in the presidential elections. On Capitol Hill, a bipartisan group of lawmakers has split a $900 billion U.S. dollar stimulus proposal into two parts with the hope of breaking a logjam. Vasu, is this the week that the U.S. Congress finally passes a new COVID relief bill? And if so, do you think U.S. President Donald Trump will sign it into law? What is your view? Well, you know, uh, I hope he signs it in law. I hope they will pass the fiscal stimulus bill because the U.S. economy clearly needs it. I think there's no 
doubt about that in the minds of politicians. It's just a bit of uh, political wrangling that's taking place right now. But I think, you know, eventually the politicians know that they have to pass this bill. Uh, you can't just pass the buck to the U.S. Federal Reserve and expect monetary policy to provide the only support of the economy. Mm. The economy needs fiscal support as well. So I, I suspect it will be passed. Uh, even if Trump doesn't uh, pass it, uh, into law, you know, I think what, what might happen is uh, when Biden comes on, you'll at least see the fiscal stimulus taking place uh, in the first quarter of next year. So it will happen. Uh, it's only a question of the scale and the timing. Uh, and I think the markets uh, are, are not too spooked by what's happening on that front, which is why you've not seen a big sell-off right. despite uh, no fiscal stimulus yet. Mm. There has, though, been a frenzy of new listings in the U.S. Uh, Airbnb, DoorDash, the most prominent. Airbnb's market cap now more than that of Marriott, Hilton and Hyatt combined. Tesla shares have risen so much it's worth more than many automakers put together. Now, this is leading some analysts to begin using that B word, bubble. Vasu, what do you think? Have U.S. share prices gone up too far too fast? Well, you know, the U.S. stock market has done very well in the last uh, month or so. If you pick uh, from the end of October, the S&P 500 is up 12%. But then again, global equities are up 15%. So that's quite a lot in a matter of, you know, just slightly over a month. Mm. So some kind of a breather, you know, consolidation would be good. But I don't think the party is over. I think there's more upside. You will have, uh, you know, bubble situations in some some segments of the market that have overrun fundamentals. But I think the broader market overall uh, is not facing a bubble. We are not seeing uh, excessive valuations across the board. And given very low interest rates, I think the markets can afford to have even higher valuations than what we have right now. Because typically when interest rates are very low, Mm -hmm. the stock markets can afford to have high valuations. But having said that, you're right, there are are bubbles uh, here and there, but it's not uh, widespread. All right, Vasu. Now, yesterday evening, Google services, Gmail, documents, calendars, even YouTube were knocked offline for about 45 minutes. Meanwhile, in headlines, we're learning several U.S. government agencies, including the Treasury and Commerce Departments, have been hacked by a foreign power, most likely Russia. Now, the intrusions occurred over a period of months, but both cases seem to indicate the vulnerabilities in the online infrastructure that so many businesses rely on today. So, Vasu, could fears about this happening again? or perhaps more revelations about the companies affected by it become an overhang for the markets? I, I don't think so. I think the markets have come to accept the fact that with, the, uh, with, with all of us embracing the internet, digital economy, uh, this sort of things will happen. And uh, they will happen from time to time. I think uh, the U.S. authorities will have to work on it. Cybersecurity agencies will have to work on it to enhance cybersecurity. This is the uh, this is our new way of life. I mean, mm-hmm. going forward, this will not change. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the cyberspace will be our new way of life. Uh, there will be threats in the cyberspace, just like we face threats uh, in in various aspects of our lives over the last few years, uh, decades. So, you know, I think this is going to be a way of life, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, Yes, you know, there will be some companies affected by it, but I don't think it's going to be something that will uh, knock the markets uh, off and get, get them to fall off the cliff. Right, so it's part of the new norm. Vasu, many investors are starting to close out their year-end books and look ahead to 2021. Where do you think some of the best gains are to be had in the year ahead? 
Well, you know, I think 2021 is going to be a relatively good year. We've had a good year, actually, in 2020, despite the pandemic and the global economics. Some equity markets and bond markets have done fairly well. Uh, but as I said, you know, a lot of the gains have been uh, from the technology sector. And you could see rotation taking place out of technology towards what we call uh, cyclical value stocks. We talked a bit about it earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of cyclical value stocks can actually be found in Asian stock markets. Mm-hmm. There's a big representation of them in Asia. We are positive on Asia. We think China is, uh, you know, going to take the lead in the economic recovery. Uh, and Asia, I think, is going to be an area that investors need to keep an eye on. We've recently upgraded our call on Asia from neutral to overweight. Uh, the weaker U.S. dollar, uh, you know, more friendly Biden, a stronger China. Uh, the big representation of what I call cyclical value stocks in the Asian stock markets. I can go on with a longer list, uh, but essentially, we are positive on Asia, and we think that you know Asia is one region at least, and investors uh, should have a bit more money in. All right. The U.S. Federal Reserve is meeting this week and facing an unusual conundrum, and that's a poor short-term outlook, but a brighter long-term one. So what actions do you think, if any, are at the Fed's disposal to address this right now? Well, you know, I think the Fed will guide the markets and tell the markets that it will keep interest rates low uh, for a fairly long period of time. Uh, Because I think, you know, there's also this element of fear that with the vaccines and economic recovery, maybe even a V-shaped recovery that could take place, inflation could rear its ugly head again, in turn causing the Fed to push up interest rates and tighten monetary policy suddenly and bring this rally to a halt a sudden halt. Now, the Fed will probably reassure the markets that, yes, you know, things are improving. The outlook is starting to improve, but we're not going to do anything too crazy. We will keep interest rates low. We will keep monetary policy very accommodative because we need to provide that support. And probably the Fed is going to tell U.S. politicians, look, I mean, you need to launch fiscal stimulus. You need to provide support for the economy as well. It's not just us uh, doing all the work. And uh, so I think the Fed will be reassuring, provide comfort to the market. And I think that's what the markets are looking for. Before we let you go, Vasu, I'd like to get your take on currency and commodity markets as we look towards the end of the year. So the pound has been strengthening on hopes that a Brexit deal may be achieved. The US dollar, as you mentioned, is sliding and oil prices have hit a nine-month high. Do you see these trends continuing? Well, we see the US dollar weakening further. Uh, We think that, you know, the Fed keeping monetary policy very accommodative, uh, the greater risk appetite, uh, will diminish the safe haven, haven appeal of the U.S. dollar. And with the weaker U.S. dollar, you'll see most major currencies appreciating against the U.S. dollar, not just the pound, but, you know, other currencies as well appreciating against the U.S. dollar, not because their fundamentals are a lot better, simply because, you know, on a relative basis, with a weaker U.S. dollar, these currencies will appreciate. Oil prices, uh, a lot hinges on what OPEC does with supply. Uh, if they continue to maintain the output cuts uh, as they have in the last few months, uh, in the first quarter of next year, that will be a source of support for the markets. Recovery in the economy will also fuel demand. So oil prices will, will stay firm. We don't see them going back up to 60 70 $80 a barrel mm. as they did during the heydays, uh, you know, uh, because, you know, I think the shale oil and gas industry in the U.S. could respond if prices shoot up. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a shale cap and we see prices in the region of 45 to maybe $55 a barrel for oil. Meantime, a barrel of Brent crude is currently trading just a bit above 50 U.S. dollars a barrel. And here in Singapore, we're about uh, 21 minutes into the trading day. The STI at 2848.26. Time to say thank you for his wealth of insights. He's Vasu Menon, Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Thank you, Vasu. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me on the show and have a good day. You too. Before acting on the information on Money FM.
program. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.